Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Such a, a pleasure to be here. Um, and just wanted to actually uh, start off with a quick prayer, if that's okay. Uh, dear Lord, I uh, thank you for bringing this uh, amazing group of uh, college students here. Uh, we pray that you'll be with us uh, throughout this time, that you'd uh, really inspire a sense of purpose uh, into their lives, uh, and that their lives will not be the same um, after this talk, uh, that they will continue to listen to you, um, meditate with you, uh, and find their unique purpose in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's so great to be here again. Uh, let me. I've prepared a very short uh, presentation, uh, and... When I was invited to this talk, um, I was uh, reflecting on what is one thing that I wish um, I heard about or knew about uh, when I was uh, in your shoes about 10 years ago. Uh, and today I wanted to share about finding purpose uh, through a concept called the hero's journey. Um, and in particular, I wanted to share about the challenges uh, that uh, came with um, uh, creating a mission-driven uh, technology company as an entrepreneur. I uh, excited to dive in here. Uh, today, if there's one message uh, that I wanted to share with you, it would be that you are really born to be mission driven. As Christians, uh, we're really called to be missionaries, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean um, you know, becoming a pastor and preaching directly about the Bible. You're all uniquely positioned in this world and given talents to make an impact in, in various different ways. And today I wanted to discuss four things. Uh, first is diving deeper into the concept of work from a Christian pr perspective. And two, I uh, diving deeper into more specifically finding your own purpose through the hero's journey. Then I wanted to go into my story of finding Aura. Uh, and lastly, also how I was able to overcome other uh, challenges. Let me start with a quick poll. Um, how many of you uh, know what you want to do after college? Amazing. So it seems like uh, most of you, some of you know what you want to do. Uh, some of you, you're kind of exploring, but you have uh, a sense of where you want to go. Um, and it seems like uh, one of you want to be an entrepreneur. Um, some of you maybe. Um, this talk isn't uh, necessarily about becoming an entrepreneur. Um, and so absolutely no problem here. I just want you to get a sense of uh, who's in this room. So thank you for this. So let me start with uh, understanding work from Christian perspective. And uh, this might have been a topic of uh, maybe other talks in, in the conference, um, but I wanted to share about this book called Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. Tim Keller start off, starts off with a book uh, by just sharing about Genesis. Uh, even God worked to create the world. It didn't just happen. He worked really hard. And even Jesus, which is the human form of God, had a job. He was a carpenter on earth. Uh, and throughout the Bible, um, it really emphasizes the importance of work uh, in creating value in this world. Um, this was not a perspective I had before uh, in learning about this um, made me realize how important work was in this world. 
Two, uh, work is an opportunity to use your talents, which were given by God, to achieve your calling in the world. Uh, so most of you, uh, you're in this conference for a reason. Uh, that's because you want to live the most fulfilling life. Uh, and I truly believe that uh, choosing the right work for you uh, is the key to achieving that. And three, uh, when we no longer work for the good of others, uh, for instance, if you're working for to make yourself look good or if you're working to make a lot of money, uh, we will never be satisfied with work. Uh, and really, this is um, how this is really resulting from the fall of Adam and Eve. Uh, this is uh, a trap that all humans will experience. Um, so it is really important that we continue to reflect on, are we on the right path? Are we actually listening to God? The good news uh, is that we are made in the image of God. Uh, we are supposed to, and we can enjoy work and find happiness through our work. Um, this is something really exciting for us because we spend so many hours, at least let's say eight hours a day of our, most of our lives working. Uh, so if we're able to integrate faith with work, uh, we can find so much joy and, and happiness in our daily lives. And moreover, work is an opportunity to show Christian values to our teammates, many of whom may not be believers, to customers. Uh, you may have you know, tens of thousands to millions of customers if you're a big uh, software platform, let's say, uh, and all the partners uh, and really to the world, uh, what it means to be a Christian. So it's really more than just uh, working. It's actually almost a, a form of uh, mission um, where you get to show Christian values to work. So I wanted to uh, spend maybe a minute or so quickly reflecting on this important question. Are my work aspirations rooted in serving others and in finding my calling? And I know most of you might be on a maybe. Uh, so let's say for some of the career options that you're considering, maybe it's an, it's an opportunity to think about what aspired me to, to really choose or consider this type of work and how would that impact other people's lives? Just want to spend maybe a minute or so here. All right, thank you everyone. So now that we have a foundation for work, what work means and how important it is, I wanted to um, share about this concept called the hero's journey and how you can maybe find purpose in this life. First of all, uh, let's talk about heroes. A hero is someone who did something beyond the normal range of achievement uh, and also has given his life uh, to something bigger than him or herself. Uh, this concept of a hero's journey was first created by uh, an author called Campbell, um, John Campbell. Uh, and I actually was exposed to this idea first from a book by Ray Dalio. And one important thing, uh, thing to note about hero's journey is that a hero starts in a very ordinary life. Uh, they're not born as heroes. They're really born as normal people like you and me. But what happens uh, is that they all of a sudden, uh, so on. this is the hero's journey uh, in, portrayed in a circle. On top is where everyone starts is, is an ordinary life. And they hear a call to adventure. It might be a new perspective. It might be a life experience. It might be a positive or negative experience that really changes the way you think about 
um, the world and, and what kind of impact you want to make in the world. And so at one point, you really start to cross this threshold. And right after that, uh, you most likely are not prepared for the challenge that's ahead of you. So there's going to be a road of trials, and you're even going to reach the absolute rock bottom. But uh, after that, you start to grow from the experience, uh, and you start to learn how to make a make the big impact that you want to make in the world. You really learn that key and the secret uh, from other people who are there to support you. After that, you uh, at some point, you return to the normal life, uh, and uh, you just want to share about your journey uh, and share that with uh, the joy and, and learning from that with other people. This was the journey uh, that Ray Dalio, the book uh, of a book called Principles, had. Uh, and he was at the last stage where he wanted to share about his learnings. And one thing to note also is that the hero's journey is extremely hard uh, and it's very far from glorious. So this is not something that you... Um, want to do because it seems cool or because uh, you feel like you should do this. Um, you want to do this for the right reasons. And it's also important to note that Christians have a very unique and secret weapon on this journey, which you know, no people, uh, not non-Christians don't have, which is our God and our faith uh, and also our conviction that results from our faith. So I wanted to take another minute uh, early on to reflect on what are my clues to the hero's journey and how may God be be calling me to this call of, of adventure uh, and um, am I ready for the challenge? So let's spend another a minute or so here. And I know uh, this is a very you know short time for reflection, uh, so I really challenge all of you to, after this, this call to um, you know think critically and, and reflect, pray, and, and meditate on this concept. Uh, third, I wanted to share about my journey on Hero's journey. Um, and by the way, if you have any questions throughout my talk, please feel free to pop them in the chat or raise your hand or uh, just. Um, Raise any questions here. Um, uh, first, I was born in Korea, uh, and I uh, came to U.S. Uh, when I was in middle school. Um, I barely knew English. I barely spoke it. No one, even, even if I spoke it, no one understood what I was saying. Uh, so one, uh, it was a lot of challenge uh, going through that experience when I was young. And two, at the same time, um, I was born to a family of doctors, um, and I myself was very unhealthy when I was young. Um, through various reasons, I was constantly uh, getting IV, uh, and especially when I was a baby, um, really struggled to live a normal and healthy life. Uh, and when I came to the U.S., uh, that's when I started um, becoming much healthier. So I was playing sports. I was, you know, running around playing soccer. Uh, I joined the track team in high school. I played ended up playing three varsity sports in soccer, track, and football, um, and really saw myself uh, flourish um, and become almost like a normal and healthy person. So in college, I went to UC Berkeley um, in, in California. And even though I was actually the most gifted probably in math, physics, chemistry, uh, in anything that requires calculation, 
I decided to uh, decide, uh, major in, in biology. And it was an important decision because um, I have a really bad memory. I tend to forget everything. Um, I have an incredible gift uh, for calculation and understanding complex concepts. Um, so when choosing biology was a challenge that I um, chose for myself uh, and to actually aspire to become a doctor uh, like my parents. Um, and I thought studying biology would be the best way to uh, prepare uh, me for that. But throughout my studies at in, in college, um, I was more interested in, in just learning about biology and how human health works. I was more interested in learning about the how, the, the bigger picture of the healthcare system, how, what are the challenges of, of people becoming healthier? Uh, what are the upstream reasons for health versus poor health? Um, and if there's any, you know, ways for rapid disruption of, of healthcare and how we approach health. Uh, and being in Berkeley, um, I think I was uniquely positioned because there was a vibrant technology um, and entrepreneurship scene. Um, data science and, and CS was really big at Berkeley. So even if I was a, even though I was a biology major, I took some CS and data science classes and really enjoyed them. And started to form my own hypothesis about how I could, um, let's say, make an impact that I want to make in the world, um, rather than let's say becoming a becoming a doctor uh, and seeing people one by one, which really uh, limits the scope of my work. So ultimately, that least led to entrepreneurship, where I saw a big problem I wanted to solve, which I can dive into later. Um, and I start to learn about kind of the unique talents and the perspective that was given to me uh, through God. Uh, and I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. Uh, and it's been an inc incredible journey. And it's not necessarily about entrepreneurship. Um, it's about finding your unique path given by God. Um, and uh, even though this talk is about my path to become an entrepreneur, um, this is not to say everyone is born to be an entrepreneur. Really, everyone has, uh, you know, different talents. Uh, and my challenge is to uh, help you find that. I wanted to share some quick uh, learnings from uh, my journey. Uh, one uh, is always be listening. Um, and two, uh, don't be afraid to change courses. Uh, for my whole life, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I've built an amazing pre-med resume. I even take the MCAT, which is the entrance exam test, um, and did very well, scored one uh, top 1%. Uh, and every single person thought I was going to be a doctor. Um, but once you do get into practice of listening uh, and praying uh, and meditating on what God may be telling you, you know, you might not be so afraid to leave a path that you thought you were on uh, because you have such a strong conviction uh, for where you think you're truly called to be. And three is you have your own timeline. I actually uh, jumped into entrepreneurship right after college. I did a one-year grad school program in, in healthcare entrepreneurship uh, and ended up uh, creating my own company right after that. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to take that step this early. It doesn't mean that you should know what you want to do this early. I can assure you uh, that even my friends who are some of the most intelligent, hard, hardest working 
um, you know, deeply thinking, thinking friends, are they, many of them still don't know uh, what they want to do. And they're still refining that thesis uh, and for themselves and, and a calling. Uh, and even if you thought what you wanted to do, uh, you knew what you wanted to do, um, most people end up changing their courses. So just always be open to, to that. Uh, and when you do make that decision on your own timeline, know that you are not alone. Uh, this is a diagram I want to share about uh, with you about how to find your own unique sense of calling. Um, and I see kind of four big different um, categories to think about. The first and most important one, I think, is finding a big and growing problem that you care deeply about. Um, and the emphasis here is on, on finding something big as well as growing. Uh, because the bigger the problem is, the bigger it's going to motivate you, the, the easier it's going to be for you to find teammates or other people who also believe in your vision. And, and of course, the opportunity for growth is, is much bigger, the bigger the problem it is. On the bottom of that uh, is also understanding what type and the scope of impact you want to make. On one hand, there's leveraging technology to make a very wide, but let's say rather shallow type of impact that you can make. And for some people, it actually could be becoming a doctor or becoming a social worker um, and making that deep, but one-on-one um, impacts uh, in small number of people's lives. So understanding what really drives you, uh, I think is really important in, in finding your own calling. And on left and right are uh, kind of understanding yourself uh, in one, what are some of the unique perspectives you have about the world through, of course, your family, through your friends, through the environment, through the school, uh, through the church that you've been able to develop? And lastly, what are some of the unique talents that you've identified that God has given you? And for me, the four categories uh, look like this. First, the big and growing problem that I care, I care deeply about was actually mental health. Um, I, of course, as I shared with you, struggled deeply with health uh, and love the concept of, of health uh, in general. Um, but one, um, I realized the importance of mental health early on. Um, my parents actually went through a divorce when I was very young. Um, and especially my mother uh, struggled very deeply throughout that process uh, and even after. Um, and mental health is something that not a lot of people, you know, think about when they're young um, and even, even in your shoes. Um, and of course, I thought mental health was a problem that's only getting bigger and bigger, especially because, you know, of course, due to technology, um, social media, information, unfiltered information being everywhere, um, it's just so easy to compare your lives with other people's lives through Instagram. Um, so uh, one mental health, I identified as a problem that I cared so deeply about that I was ready to, you know, give up my training uh, in medicine and pre-medicine to, to focus on. To the type of impact you want to make. Um, I, when I was pre-med, I actually uh, shadowed a lot of doctors um, and made myself be in the healthcare setting and, and patient care setting as, as much as possible. 
At the same time, I did a lot of research, so basic science research in, in biology uh, through genetics, physiology. But I also uh, worked a lot on creating new organizations both on campus as well as in Northern California. Um, I created a, a nonprofit with other doctors from Stanford and UCSF and many other hospitals where we were staffing there's social work teams with hundreds of college volunteers and college volunteers wanted to get more experience, help more people. And hospitals had now free labor to offer their patients um, lots of social work resources and really truly change the root cause of their problem. I also uh, was part of a team that co-founded a nonprofit organization that um, shipped on unused medical supplies from us to third world countries like Ethiopia, um, where um, uh, these uh, supplies that were meant to be thrown away were actually literally um, saving thousands of people's lives. And from those different types of experiences, I realized that I really want to make a very big societal impact uh, and, and a rapid change as well. Uh, research was just too slow for me. Uh, I didn't have patience to wait, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and I also wanted to make an, an impact in our everyday uh, behavior. Um, we're really stuck to our phones. The applications really change the way we um, behave day to day. So I started to think about how can we leverage such technology to towards uh, improving our mental health. Uh, three, I thought I had a unique perspective uh, of combining kind of healthcare with data science this was 10 years ago, and uh, it was kind of the first time when the concept of big data machine learning was being introduced. And I thought it was really the key to solving many problems, including uh, mental health. Um, lastly, unique talents. Uh, I think first and foremost, I was a voracious learner. Uh, and I, of course, studied biology and, and learned everything about um, human health, but also I had broad kind of knowledge across um, creating products, uh, engineering and, and data science, and also even designing software products as well. Um, and I thought this was a unique talent that uh, allowed me to become an entrepreneur where I'm constantly expected to learn new things uh, and do things that I've never been able to do before. So that led to my founding of Aura, and this is a, a quick slide uh, on our vision from uh, the investor pitch deck. And Aura is uh, simply a two-sided technology platform where therapists, life coaches, meditation coaches can record their voice and create bite-sized audio content. So it could be meditation, it could be a coaching session, it could be like a story told by a therapist. Uh, and we patch that into a mobile application uh, and now anyone is able to access their knowledge from world's best coaches um, in just three to seven minutes. So this is interfacing application. Um, again, we offer bite-sized meditations, sleep stories, life coaching from world's best coaches. Uh, we won best of Apple award when we uh, first started a few years ago. Uh, and today uh, it's used by over 5 million people around the world. And we've been really fortunate to, not fortunate, uh, we've been thinking deeply about the unique contribution that we can make to the world uh, and have 
a few things where we can say we're doing the best job compared to any other company in the world. One, we have the world's lar- largest library of audio wellness content. So initially, we started with mindfulness meditations uh, and moved into sleep stories, live coaching. Now we've created content around cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which is the most common type of therapy um, offered for stress and anxiety. And we're the first ones to make that into a bite-sized audio format and let anyone um, uh, experience the power of that. Uh, We have lots of relaxing sounds. uh, And what's even more exciting is the potential of our two-sided platform. We're going to be working with um, pastors to create prayer content. We're going to be working with narrators to create Bible sleep stories so that you can go to sleep, uh, listen to the Bible. Uh, we are working with therapists to create content around emotional intelligence uh, in positive psychology. We're working to help you use audio content to uh, to um, escape physical and mental pain. And we really think the opportunity here is limitless. To, uh, we've been able to create this large community of coaches and therapists around the world. Uh, and this is what we pioneered to, through creating a two-sided platform. So you may have heard about maybe popular meditation apps like Headspace and Calm, but they actually work with one main coach who creates all of the content. Uh, and they have some celebrities who share content on one-on-one by basis. But as a user, you're really stuck learning from this one coach. And when they come to Aura, they get access to, you know, hundreds of different coaches. Each one brings their unique, different perspective. Uh, And this community uh, is what really set us apart. Uh, Third uh, is offering this magical personalization based on your interests, your preferences, what works for you. Uh, And this we were able to pioneer through deep learning and machine learning, just like how Netflix and Spotify learns what movies and and music you like. Uh, We're doing the same thing in, in the wellness space. And even more so than um, our, let's say, value propositions, our impact is what excites us the most. Uh, We hear every single day um, and in in total thousands of stories of people finding peace through Aura and their life really being transformed from one of pain uh, and anxiety to one of positivity uh, and uh, calmness and control um, to billions of minutes have been spent in uh, doing meditation and reflection on Aura. And three, of course, we have hundreds of coaches who are uh, not seeing people just one-on-one anymore, but uh, now are creating content uh, and increasing their impact in the society as well. Um, and one thing, if you do uh, ever pursue your own uh, idea that I challenge you to think about uh, is what are some other potential impact um, that you may not have thought about? So some questions that we had was, one, we are, uh, at first, we focused on mindfulness meditation content. So one, uh, is mindfulness really scientifically and spiritually sound from Christian perspective? Talked to a lot of doctors, a lot of pastors about it. Uh, Surprisingly, we got overwhelming, yes, um, dug into lots of scientific research as well. Uh, Two, uh, we were actually wondering, could encouraging daily self-care be dangerous? Should we actually leading them to see uh, seek professional care or, you know, can self-care even be 
um, just as preventive and effective. And surprisingly, uh, our prototype uh, has such a big impact on our users uh, that they were, you know, writing to us about their stories. Uh, and that really convinced us that self-care, if done right with the right resources, um, it could really uh, be uh, such a low cost and, and scalable way of helping people. And three uh, was, could or as a company have any other negative side effects on some populations? Um, examples of this uh, is, let's say, in the traditional commerce and, and marketplace industry, like, like Amazon is notorious for um, sacrificing their wor own workers who are, are not even given bathroom breaks. They're, you know, dying from overworking. Um, and, you know, same thing for Tesla, a lot of physical and manufacturing related company companies might, might suffer from this. So we as a software company uh, have much less of that, fortunately, but we, you know, still wanted to think about maybe potential side effects that we could have on some populations. And one thing we're still struggling with uh, is offering as much um, for people who cannot afford Aura. Aura is a $60 per year subscription product. How can we offer that for free? Uh, and now we're starting to partner with other nonprofit organizations, uh, and whatever people email us with a financial challenge, we don't ask any questions and we offer free uh, subscriptions to those kind of people. And I also wanted to emphasize that there is no right or perfect path. Um, of course, we chose to become a technology platform. Uh, we made such a big impact, but also... Aura is still a for-profit company. We operate in a capitalist world. Uh, Aura is fueled by venture capital investments, usually, um, let's say, rich people's money. Uh, and if Aura is successful, rich people get richer in, in certain sense. And we're also competing in the broader technology market. Um, so uh, whether you choose to create a technology startup or not, um, it's important to recognize still that whatever you or I might be doing is not perfect uh, and still have that humility about, about that concept. Sorry, I wanted to quickly check on time here. Okay. Um, so we have about uh, 10 minutes of my talk uh, in Kone after. Um, so I wanted to uh, kind of Revisit this diagram again uh, and maybe challenge you to think about one, what is the big and growing problem that you're deeply passionate about? Two, what type and scope of impact you want to make? And three, what is what are some unique uh, perspectives that you were able to acquire uh, through your life, uh, through God and Jesus? Uh, and four, what unique talents were you given uh, from God? Lastly, um, I wanted to share about my journey of triumphing over challenges uh, through God. And again, reminder, the hero's journey is extremely hard uh, and very far from glorious, but we do have a secret weapon, which is God, faith, and the conviction that results from our faith. So this is the hero's journey. Uh, and where I think... I am uh, is really on the bottom here, past the abyss, uh, really close to uh, getting to that um, transformation uh, and being really close to um, making the impact I want to make. But most likely you were 
I am uh, is just in the middle of the road of trials um, and uh, far more um, trials and, and challenges ahead. Um, but already I've experienced a lot of challenges uh, and wanted to share a few of them. Uh, first, one, I didn't know what I was doing uh, and no one told me how hard entrepreneurship would be. And in a sense, uh, this is a great thing because it gave me the confidence to start my own company. But when I did start my own company, I, I realized that it is far different than just reading about it online or even reading books. It's, it was much more challenging, especially as someone without a business background, especially someone without even a technology background. I didn't, I've taken one or two CS classes, but I didn't major in it. Uh, and I had to actually learn um, much more on my own. Um, this, uh, again, um, I was ready to take on uh, because I was so sure of my conviction uh, from my reflections and, and prayer that this is the path I wanted to take. Uh, but what, uh, it was also really, uh, really a challenge for me. Uh, two, uh, I had a win at all costs mindset. Um, and I didn't actually realize this um, maybe earlier on in my life, but I'm actually, I, I realized I'm actually really competitive when it comes to things that matter. Um, I've of course been, been a computer in, in lots of different team sports. Um, and I went to a top college, I uh, excelled, I did very well on most of the tests. Um, and I think that gave me this mindset where, um, you know, I'm not born to lose, I'm born to win. Uh, and I'm gonna do no matter uh, what the cost might be, I'm gonna do what I can to win. And I had a like, like a fake shield because in my experience, in my own thought, I thought if Aura succeeds, it's going to help a lot of people. Therefore, I have the right to do whatever it takes to win. But I actually, after like a year or two, um, I quickly learned that that was such a faulty way of thinking. Uh, in uh, I really wanted to share uh, that in case... A, some of you go into technology entrepreneurship. Um, this is not the right way of thinking. Uh, and um, I, I'm going to share more later, but this led to uh, a lot of decisions within the company that sacrifice myself, my team, as well as our customers. Um, so myself as in my, met my own mental health and well-being, uh, my team were, was constantly pushed to perform um, and... Uh, you know, they weren't, let's say, necessarily uh, finding their work as fulfilling as, as we wanted to be. And even our customers uh, were finding kind of half-baked products. I uh, didn't work as well as it, it should. Uh, there were a lot of complaints um, and we just weren't doing a good job. Um, so a turning point for me was joining an organization called Praxis. Um, here's... Uh, which is an organization for redemptive entrepreneurship. Uh, it's it's a, a, a community and a training for you to learn how to integrate faith uh, with work, especially for for-profit and non-profit um, founders and, and um, builders. Uh, so if you're interested in entrepreneurship, I highly recommend you check out their academy program, which is actually specifically targeting college students who are kind of exploring this idea of entrepreneurship. Um, this this community uh, over the course of a year has taught me how to think about 
um, showcase showing Christian values to one myself, uh, two to our team, uh, and three uh, to our customers, and even having a, a, a much bigger vision, a redemptive vision uh, for the world. Uh, three, I wanted to dive a bit deeper into mental health, um, and uh, I want to be honest uh, that mental health wasn't something that I uh, had challenges with earlier in my life, uh, but um, as an entrepreneur, uh, I started to experience lots of not only stress, but anxiety, you know, doubt, um, maybe sometimes feelings of, um, thankfully not depression, but sadness uh, and loneliness as well. Um, and uh, what I want to share about mental health uh, is one, um, it's okay. Uh, and um, there are so many other people, uh, you're, it doesn't make you like a weak person. This is a normal part of what everyone goes through. Um, to give you a sense of uh, statistics, 25% of adults in US, including you, uh, are suffering with a, a mental illness. Um, so one in four of your friends, if you are not struggling with mental health, um, are struggling with a di diagnosable mental illness. And of course, that number uh, is much bigger if you think about, you know, people who are not necessarily struggling with a diagnosable condition, but let's say with their sleep or just with stress or with just a sense of, you know, struggling with who you are. A fourth challenge I faced uh, is financial hardships. Uh, and uh, one luckily um, in the beginning of our company creation, um, our company expenses were, were very low, but we also didn't have money to pay ourselves. Uh, and we was actually me and my younger brother. So we ended up getting, you know, help from our parents and grandparents so that we can at least pay rent. We were sharing a room uh, and, you know, eating as much Costco as, and, and maybe sometimes Chipotle as possible to sur survive. But even after we, you know, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in the beginning, uh, and then, you know, millions after that, uh, our company had many uh, or a few near-death experiences from running out of money. Um, and as a entrepreneur, you were constantly challenged with finances and finding funding. Um, and this is something that I didn't realize how hard would be. But at the same time, um, I grew much, much closer to God, first of all. Um, and even my brother, who was a Christian, but he didn't necessarily you know, have the spiritual discipline or the, the um, intensity and, and faith uh, as a Christian should. Uh, he said he started considering himself a Christian for the first time after becoming an entrepreneur because it challenged him to think about, you know, bigger things uh, in, in his calling. Um, so one, if you do walk on this path, I can promise that you'll be, you know, spiritually closer to God. Uh, two, I also start to learn how the world works, like how the political system works, how the business and the capitalistic society works, um, how capital flows from one source to another, and at which point, uh, what you know, investors or the source of capital is looking for. And now I feel like whatever idea, uh, you know, whether in technology or elsewhere I have, I feel like I have an understanding to go about how to start doing that uh, and who, um, in terms of people, I can 
contact to make that happen. Uh, three, I also learned how to create a world-class product and company culture. Um, again, this is reinforcing uh, my second point, which is uh, being able to create an organization or do whatever I, I want to do. And just lastly, I just I just grew. I just uh, became transformed as a person and a Christian. And uh, I have absolutely no you know doubts, regrets, really anything, uh, and believe that this is one of the best things that's ever happened to me is, is walking on this path of becoming an entrepreneur. So I wanted to leave you with a few advice uh, from my experience of, of triumphing over the challenges that I, fa I faced. Uh, one uh, is praying and reflecting deeply uh, before making big decisions. Um, and many of you may already have a habit of doing this. Um, and if so, please do keep that up. Uh, and if you don't, um, you know, embarking on this year's journey is not about finding this, you know, shiny new toy. It's not about hearing about something from a friend uh, and, and pursuing that. It's not about um, thinking that entrepreneurship is, is cool and pursuing that. It's about finding your actual calling um, and having conviction in that. And that only comes through prayer and, and reflection. Uh, two, um, I challenge you to have a daily as well as weekly spiritual habits. Uh, and you know, some of you might be praying, some of you might be reading the Bible, some of you might be not doing that. Um, but it's really important to have this rhythm uh, of of daily kind of scripture reading, uh, kind of weekly meeting with your community group, uh, or diving deeper. Uh, of course, attending church. I started doing a weekly Sabbath now, so I skip just one lunch per week um, uh, with my church. Um, and this might not seem like a lot, but having this discipline, a regular discipline really transforms you as a Christian on, on this journey. Uh, three, build and maintain a strong support group. Uh, you're not supposed to go on the hero's journey by yourself. Uh, you need friends. You need lots of friends, actually. You need your family. You need the church and the community group uh, you're part of. And you also need others who are on a similar path, um, whether it's online or even better offline, so that you can share about the challenges and help each other. And lastly, um, I can't emphasize enough uh, how important it is to prioritize your well-being, health, uh, and mental health. And when I was in college, you know, I was pulling all-nighters, you know, week by week. I was barely sleeping, um, and I was fine. I was thriving. I loved it. Um, I was doing well in classes. I still excelled in my work. Um, but as you exit out of college and you start working, um, you actually can't do that anymore because when, uh, one, when you're in college, you're constantly surrounded by people. You're in class where you're surrounded by people um, and you're not necessarily, let's say, focusing. But once you start to work, let's say, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, uh, it really starts to take a toll on you. Uh, and uh, I know lots and lots of incredible entrepreneurs with, you know, amazing intellectual horsepower. Uh, and I used to cons consider myself one as well. Uh, but every single one of us um, started working no more than, let's say, 40 to 50 hours per week. Almost none of us uh, work on weekends anymore and really take the time to refreshing our soul, take it easy, reconnect with friends, do something you enjoy uh, and are passionate about outside of work. 
uh, and really take Sabbath seriously for your restoration so that you can become stronger. Um, and this is something I can't emphasize enough. Uh, and if there's one thing you can take away from, from this talk, uh, it is practicing yourself, especially after college. Lastly, I wanted to um, just mention that you were born to be mission-driven. Uh, you're in this conference, you're in this talk for a reason. Uh, God has sent you here. God has inspired me to talk to you today. Um, and I truly believe that you're born to be mission-driven and that you will continue to challenge yourself to find your calling in this world.